Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Street Podcast. I am your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. <laughs> oh, that was a fun, albeit stupid intro. Uh, but welcome to another episode of the show. Today is episode 137. What? We're getting close to 150. I think we need to do a party. I have no idea what that looks like. But maybe we will live stream that and just have some fun and do some giveaways or something. All right, so today, well, <laughs> let's... Not that this will be an elephant in the room when when you guys are listening to this, but today apparently the internet is broken because of some Amazon S3 outages. You know what's funny though? <laughs> I don't know if this is funny or not, but uh, Amazon is still up. <laughs> Amazon's not having issues. They, well, there's a few images and book images and stuff that you know are not loading to them as well, but apparently there are a handful of big sites that are down today, which is a bummer. And normally I record this, I love using Zencaster, and that is Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R, but Zencaster uses Amazon S3 also in terms of uploading files to Dropbox and all that kind of stuff. So they said, we suggest you not use Zencaster today, don't do any recordings, until, um, until this is fixed. So I'm in audition today, how about that? Anyways, so today we're going to talk about easily simplifying your business and a few tools that I am crazy excited about right now. So we'll go ahead and just jump right in. Um, you know, you guys, there was a time when the idea, just the idea of simplifying my business felt like I was giving up. It was kind of this, I felt like I was accepting defeat that I couldn't do it all or something, right? I don't know what it is about this culture, and, and I mean Western culture for the most part, that we can't shake this, you know, no pain, no gain mentality and the idea that that things have to be hard. Like if they come easy to us, well, they don't count. <laughs> Am I the only one that thinks this way or used to anyways? And it doesn't help. I mean, you're getting bombarded constantly with, you know, you should be getting up at 4 a.m. with your morning routine. And first you're going to meditate and then you're going to do this and then you're going to journal for an hour and then you're going to go run for an hour and then you're going to have a wonderful breakfast with family and then you're going to dive into your day and you're going to, there's all these expectations thrown at us about, you know, what things should look like. And I am such an advocate of doing what works for you. That's it, you know. I mean, like for me, it's funny, a friend of mine in Scotland, what up, Leslie? She, because she's got, uh, she works with a company in the United States and they're on the East Coast, but you know, there are times, like, I can be talking to her through Boxer or whatever, like at 6 or 7 o'clock, my time, Pacific time, at night. And so, what is that, 2 or 3 in the morning? So, she knows when, what, what her work schedule is like and what works for her and when she needs to be able, all that stuff. So, do whatever works for you, you know? Like, I, I don't know. The, just do what works for you, okay? So, let's come back to the post and, and today's show. Um, you know, fortunately for me, those days are way behind me. I do not concern myself with the fact that things are supposed to be hard. I, I've actually flipped that quite upside down, if I, to, be, to be honest with you, in that it's the stuff that's easy, the stuff that feels good, 
that's the direction you should go in. That doesn't mean you're not going to have challenges and you don't need to put in the work. That's what I'm talking about. But, it, you know, the struggling through stuff, no more. Bear with me, guys. My Hydro Flask, which is a monster water bottle that keeps stuff really cold. So if you hear some clanging, it's just my eyes. Um, so now, where I'm at today, I kind of feel like I've won the time lottery. Seriously. So let's just pretend it exists. At least in my head it is. And, you know, what, what hit me was that, you know, I was having this conversation about everything that I've been through to get me here. And there are reasons these things are trite. You know, when you hear things like, oh, you know, journey of a thousand miles, all those things. The reason these things stick around is because they're true. They're just true. One day at a time, right? There are reasons these things, philosophies, whatever you want to call them, last. So what I thought, you know, when I started looking back at, at I started my business in March of 2008. WordPress just came summer, June, July. Um, so it's almost nine years old, but I've been doing this for nine years now. And so I thought, you know, I started looking back at everything I've done and how it has totally prepared me for this next phase. And I don't know about you guys, I do that a lot. That's kind of one of my, I don't know, I think it's just dark. Pastimes, right? So like, I'll look at something that I thought I really wanted to happen and then it didn't. And had it happened, all of these other good things wouldn't have come, right? So I, I do a lot of that and, and I trust it. So what I thought today is I want to take a brief stroll to have memory lane with you guys and look at the different iterations of my business because I have come full circle <laughs> to what it is I really wanted to do. And the thing is, it's, it, the path in getting here is what's really prepared me to step into this next phase. I hope that wasn't really crazy circular speak. Uh, and there was me. I've got green juice with me today. So I've got two beverages. Ooh, oh, a whole too much pineapple. Pineapple, tart. Okay. So I have mentioned a bunch of times that my intention when I started my business was to be an information marketer. I had zero technical skills, no idea about creating websites, and really had only played with WordPress.com like once or twice. All I knew was that I was fascinated, obsessed <laughs> by online business. I knew I had to make it work, right? It was me and my kids. I lost my husband. I'm like, I'm all they've got. I cannot be gone 67 hours a week. It's just ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I, I, I've always felt like... There was something else I'm supposed to do with my life, right? It was never supposed to be a job. I can't tell you how long that feeling stuck with me. Um, And so it's taken a while to get here. Um, I just knew that I needed to work for myself, and I had made a commitment that I was never going to go back to retail management again. And, you know, it was that was what I did the majority of my adult working life, and it is no quality of life. So, and not, not judging anyone who does that, I just... (laughs) <laughs> no thanks. Anyway, so I have had my fair share of attempts at other businesses, and so we're going to run through those quickly, and then we'll talk about the, the journey of the WordPress project. So, like many people listening, no doubt, um, I tried a couple different multi-level marketing companies, right, network marketing, and I, I think it's probably the initial foray, foray for a lot of people, right, into this space of, of having your own business, because it seems like the ideal business, but... At the end of the day, it's sort of like being uh, a contractor. If the company goes, your business is gone, right? If something happens, but you've in the meantime built up this kind of book of business, essentially. And and I'm not getting into good, bad, or indifferent about it. it. At the end of the day, it really wasn't for me. I did not want to ask people I knew. And mind you, 
this was before the internet, like before people were doing lead gen and all this stuff online. So it really was the whole ask your friends and family and, <coughs> excuse me, ask your friends and family, you know, host the parties, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, my neighbors even got to the point where they knew not to invite me to those direct marketing parties. I'm like, give me a catalog, but that's just not how I want to spend my time. I love you guys, but no, I don't want to sit around watching somebody. I just, just wasn't for me. Okay, I'm really going to go sideways if I keep going down that path. But I did a couple of those, so just keep that in mind. Um, contract recruiting for retail. I I did that actually, I would say, 19, you know, 2000 or so. Um, so I did some contract recruiting where I would I cold called you guys, and it was for a major retailer. I had a friend, this kind of fell on my lap, but who was uh, director of HR, and she said, hey, do you want to do some recruiting for us? Can you get paid for placement? I was like, sure. And so, you know, that was fine, actually, because I got to stay home. I was pregnant with my son. I'm trying to think. So it was fun. It was a great time that I got to hang out with my daughter and stuff. So, um, but, but again, that's contingent on their budget. I wasn't the only contractor doing that. And so, you know, and I don't like cold calling. I love talking to people I care about and know or have scheduled stuff with. But other than that, I don't want to call all the time either. Um, I opened and, and was partnered with a physical retail scrapbook store, which was a ton of fun. The difference is that my partner had more equity invested. We both did not need to be there full-time, but yet it was more of a hobby. Like, yet I would have opened multiple stores. That would have been my goal at the time. It was 1998. Scrapbooking was just getting in. Because, you know, you have to you have to sell a lot of paper and stickers to be profitable. Really, you know, and there are companies that do that online and do it well. But And then it, it's just... What happened was that I got pregnant with my son, and it was like I couldn't justify daycare on what I was taking home at the scrapbook store. So I sold what little bit I had in there, um, and it ended up closing a few years later, not because of me, but just, you know, things changed. Um, and, and that was a great experience, actually. I opened and managed a lot of retail stores for a couple different companies, and so I had a lot of experience in doing that, so that was cool. I mean, it was a neat community. It was fun, but... Still time for money, guys, and I was never going to create the lifestyle I wanted unless I went out and, you know, got funding to open more stores and create a chain or something. And just, meh, especially now. I mean, you look at Michael's. They've got aisles of that stuff now. Uh, and for you, those of you who are not in the States, Michael's is a craft store. All right, so then <laughs> I was a loan and real estate agent. Um, that was in between the retail management stints before I started my business. And it was before, obviously, before the real estate crash in 2008. <laughs> it's just funny because the two things, and I may have mentioned this also, but the two things that made me really crazy about it, first of all, was realtors expected a commission if they gave you the loan, <clears throat> which I'm not saying not to do it, but it was like, I'm making three grand on this loan and you're making 25000 on this house. Like, I don't know. Are you going to give me a few percentage points? It just So there was that. And then the other thing is, so then I was like, well, I may as well sell the house, too, right? The first second somebody called me, like, at 6 and said, you know, I want to go out and look at this house tonight, it was like, no. <laughs> Not my cup of tea. I just, freedom, you guys, when it comes down to it, my freedom and the quality of my life is so key to me. And I think I've just been in charge too long. Like, when I was in retail, I was always in management. And so I didn't want to be told what needed like, I didn't want to be at anyone's beck and call. And then, last but not least, was I got my insurance license even. So I thought, okay, well, I, again, I was looking for something 
that would keep me out of retail, for lack of a better word, um, but still have some flexibility and be my own business. The problem with insurance agents is that most companies, you're just waiting on commissions, and that takes a while to build up a solid book of business, and it was very dry. Both real estate and insurance, for me, were not a good fit. It was, you know, being capable of doing something and wanting to do it are two very different things, and <laughs> God, you guys, I'm sitting here looking at this list, and it's like, Dang, just thinking about what went into each of those ventures is a little um, exhausting <laughs> because, you know, especially the last two where I had to get licenses and it, it's just, you know, the retail store, uh, it's just it's a lot of work for all of them. So, you know, once I connected with this whole online business thing, it was like I'd come home. I thought, this, this is it. This, I, I, I could not get enough of it. I was consuming as much information as I could with a bunch of words that I had zero understanding of, but eventually it clicked, right? Pun intended, with the clicking. Um, There was just something about it that I knew it was possible. And so fast forward nine years later, and now we're going to go through the different paths that I've been down that have brought me to where I am today. Um, and, and keep in mind, guys, this was, I don't have like a definitive timeline of this happened in 2004 or well, a <laughs> I wasn't doing this yet, but, you know, 2008, 2010, but it sort of goes in chronological order, and I have these bullet bullet pointed on the website, so if you want to read the post, you can look at it in more detail, well, it's not more detail, I'm going to give you more detailed listening, but the list uh, is on the, in the post, so, so again, I started this in 2008, and when I started, I, I really didn't know what I was doing, I had signed up for I wish I could remember the name of it, but it was, a, it was, of course, on social media, and that was when I signed up for Facebook and Twitter, and it was a 12 to 15-week course, maybe, um, and it was a big, it was like $1,500, and I was like, oh, my God, you know, because not knowing, I just knew that I had to to show up and, and connect and do the course, and so I did, and I connected with a few people in there. And I had connected with somebody, um, very nice guy. I had hired two people, actually, around that uh, between that, I'd say March and June-ish time, um, when I started playing with stuff, one, there was one guy in Canada who had his own content management system. This was before I started playing with WordPress, and, and now June was came later. I touched that to you guys. And, but he had his own content management system. He was helping me, and I would do a session a week with him. And then a lot of people said, now use WordPress. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do WordPress. And somehow when my initial site <laughs> was a WordPress chick, I don't even know if it's up, so if you guys go there, I, I, I should look at it, but I'm not going to type while I'm doing it. Um, it was the selfhelpchick.com, hence the check, right? And because I'm such an information junkie and I love that whole space. And But then I realized I was like, I couldn't, I thought I was going to monetize it with AdSense. And I had the site built, um, and it was, at the time, it was Lisa Sabine Wilson who's written WordPress for Dummies, whatever her agency was at the time. Um, I don't think she does have that anymore. Um, but I had a really cute site developed, and I loved the chick. I loved her. And so then I started playing more with WordPress, and I just knew the name, the WordPress chick. I'm like, oh, that's a really, that's a good name, right? And I, and I loved WordPress. So um, that is when I had them do another site. I had them do the WordPress chick, which, as you guys have known, has become the WP chick, hence copyright. <laughs> um, and... So from there, you know, I I was like, okay, I I think I can do this. And I hired somebody else because I posted something on, oh, I think it was Elance at the time, looking for WordPress and AdSense help. 
great guy. Um, this guy David is up in Oregon, and I should reach out and see how he's doing. I, I've, met, I've just met some awesome people in this space. And so what he was doing is he was helping me in, in terms of where to place the AdSense code. And remember, guys, back in 2008, you couldn't – you to, to get even your pages in your navigation to show up in the order you wanted, you had to use a plugin that would do a page order. Otherwise, your pages showed up based on the time you created them, right? So if you created home first and then about it would go – anyways, it, it wasn't as flexible, obviously, um, but still was pretty amazing at the time. And it's crazy, right, when you think that was almost nine years ago, but um, how much has changed? So, you know, at the time, I, then I thought, okay, I'm going I'm to do – I'm gonna, this was kind of my space, right? I, I felt like I kind of found a little groove, and I started doing WordPress websites. Uh, again, when I started this, my intention was to be an information marketer. Zero inclination to ever do websites, and the first site I did was a barter with people that were putting tile in my house. I wanted tile in another bathroom, and I thought, I looked at their website, which was an awful site on Yahoo sites or something, and so we bartered for the, for the labor and stuff. And so, I, at the time, it seemed like the right direction, right? It was very tangible. I could, people understood what I was doing. My parents, oh, you're building websites. That's real. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not that they said those words, and they've always been super supportive, but it made sense. And so, and then it was always, what happened is everything else started becoming, quote, unquote, my stuff on the side, right? Like, my business on the side. So then I started dipping my toes into creating courses. The first course I did was a Google Analytics for WordPress course. And I'm going to pre-qualify again because I, I, I know I've talked about different elements of this, guys, but I'm at different times, so I apologize if some of this is redundant. But the Google Analytics for WordPress course is showing people how to set up Google Analytics and a sitemap. And it was a paid class, and I literally shipped a physical DVD. <laughs> I have it, you guys. It's, it's kind of fun. There's a company called Kunaki, K-U-N-A-K-I, where you can get CDs and DVDs yeah, uh, produced at like a buck fifty for the DVD, really. And, and you can link it to PayPal. It is a super old dated site, but it all works. So, so you could, you know, shrink wrap. They did the printing, everything. And I just, I, <laughs> I like swag. I don't know what it is. So from there, and I, but what would happen is that I did it, and then I doubt myself, right? Because I'm not a coder, I'm not a developer. So I got in my own way so many times. Instead of, you know, really promoting myself or sharing something or giving, um, giving something the time it needed to develop and grow and nurture. And I'll share, like, the outcome of having done that content strategy course I did. It was talk about night and day. Um, so then I started hiring developers uh, so that I could, you know, take the website sort of to the next level. That saying is so old, but I can't think of another one. Um, it's tired, too, isn't it? <laughs> Because, because really, I, I, I question at one point, should I start taking classes on PHP? You guys listen to me. I mean, that's just not me. And thankfully, there are people who are really good at that stuff and love it. It's never gotten me excited. So I thought, well, I'll hire help, right? So that began that. And the initial um, development, they were hired hourly. And then I started working with a guy who said, you know, let me hire somebody directly for you. And put them on a retainer. And I should have said no. I, you know, again, no regrets. How many times I, besides my so, you know, and again, I say that a lot too. I am going to count these up one day. <clears throat> Had I said no, who knows the direction things would have gone in. 
but I really didn't have the business to warrant that because this is what's going to sound kooky, you guys. I have never marketed websites, but I did them. It's through the content and the brand itself that I had people asking, and then I would develop relationships. And then next thing you know, I'd have a coach who needed websites for all their students, so I did them cheap. Like, we would do little packages, and it was like you get a header, a theme, and colors, or whatever, you know. So that type of stuff just evolved. So I kept connecting with people, and that's how things evolved. I mean, I've had a portfolio, and all that stuff's going on right now, and I've had that up before, and I've had inquiries, but it's never something I marketed, really. So it was around that time that I thought, okay, you know, I'll commit to this. And um, within the same year, I I hired a full-time designer, too, because I have a decent eye for stuff, and I know what I like, but I am not a trained graphic designer. And nor do I play one on TV. You knew that was coming. I just, I, I wanted to teach and connect and didn't necessarily know what that looked like. And again, my goal has always been uh, passive income, right? Getting out of the time for money trap. And so what kind of, I'd say the first real shift for me was when Genesis released. Uh, Genesis for Studio Press, right? I was using the Studio Press themes pre-Genesis days. And I started creating content around it. It's like, oh, here's how to change the background color in your navigation. Here's how to change, you know, here's how to use the featured, what was it called? Featured content? No. Oh, featured image? I forget. You. It was, dang it. It was basically, it was a slider that would sit in like a top widget position on the homepage and it linked to a page or a post. So I created this PDF as an opt-in, you know, and, and I just started looking at my traffic and, and realized that most of my traffic was coming about the post I had done about Genesis. And again, those were all for you know, Genesis users, not coders and developers. And so then I put together this WordPress Genesis for Beginners ebook. And I was going to give it away. And a friend was like, you cannot give it away. It was almost, I don't know, 100 pages. Screenshots, right? This, and I would, I numbered everything. And then I'd go, okay, number one, this is your primary app. Number two, this, right? And I, it was, it was time intensive for sure. So I sold that and it did really well. I'd sell it pretty consistently. So then Genesis updated, and when 2.0 came out, and mind you, the first book I put, it was called, oh, oh, what's this called? It was Diving into Genesis. You guys, I used to get so geeked on theming stuff out, like I had a little diver. <laughs> like, I just got into this very matchy, themey, whatever, and I like that stuff, but it, we evolved, right? We grew up a little bit. Um, and so the Genesis, I put it in Kindle, the original one. And then the updated one, I was like, meh. And you guys, I still sell one or two of those a month. It's kind of crazy. Um, but I didn't want to put it in Amazon because I packaged, I did three packages of, of this. It was WordPress Genesis for Beginners. It was an updated ebook, And then I included the Mobi, the Kindle version. And that was 39 bucks. And then version two, uh, excuse me, the second package was, the book and 10 videos. And then the third package was, a, it's called the full package or whatever. There's a book, the videos, and a bunch of bonuses. Like, um, I had a custom landing page in there. I had an SEO person do a module. I had a design person do an ebook. And, you know, so I had a checklist for doing stuff. So I had three packages with that. And again, you guys, I'm going to tell you, oh my gosh, now that I've called that out, I keep hearing myself say, and again. But, I didn't push this a lot because I had, I, I always felt like one of these things just doesn't belong here in the Genesis space because it unfortunately wasn't the most welcoming community. Um, I met amazing people and still have friends in that space, but 
it just was not, that was just one of these things that just doesn't belong there, right? So I probably could have done much better with that than I did had I given it the time and attention, but I guess I kind of always felt like an imposter. I don't know how else to phrase that. What really shifted things for me was when I launched the podcast. You guys, this is, I've said it over and over again, and I'm not telling you you have to, to watch a podcast, but find that thing that works for you, for who you are and how you want to show up in the world, and it's a game changer. And, and Trulia, I did this because I, did I just say Trulia? I hope I didn't. <laughs> oh, it's the middle of the day. There's no reason I should be tripping on my words as much. But when I launched the podcast, it was because I wanted to have more fun. And I got so much validation and feedback from showing up as myself and sharing the journey and just talking about what was working and what wasn't, you know, connecting with people, the relationships I built in this. Oh, my gosh. Total game changer. But it was it was by far, <laughs> I've said it over and over again, the best thing I've done for my business. Um, and then, so I would say that was uh, early 2013 is when I launched the podcast. Late 2012, it was, I think it was fall. I, I'd have to go back, you guys, and look at the date, which I can, <laughs> but it, it's been a few years. So around this time, though, is when I started running Facebook ads for the first time. I, the mastermind that I talked about um, a, a lot was originally just a friend of mine, and he was doing Facebook ads training. He had really kind of dialed it in, and, and so at that time, I... It's like, okay, well, I need something to offer, right? Because, again, so much of what I was doing was service work. And so the coaching kind of started showing up. First, I had somebody contact me and say, do you do coaching? And I was like, I do. (laughs) And I hadn't, you know, I kind of had an idea what I wanted to do. And so I would do like a three-month coaching. And and so then I put together, what did I call it? Digital, some sort of digital strategy. I apologize. I don't remember what the offer was for Facebook, but what I did was so I created a sort of strategy session video. This was the model, and you guys have probably seen this online, which I think it's it's faded out. Maybe there are people doing it. I don't see a lot of it anymore. But basically, I put together sort of a case study of things that worked, my experience, this is who I am, how I can help you. So they watched this video, and then they would apply for a one-on-one strategy session. Now, at the time, I had them as paid strategy sessions. You know, it eventually evolved to free. But what I did with that first ad, I did this video, and I was charging $97 for the strategy session. And I kid you got not, you guys, if I, I would love to get these Facebook ad results today. I did a pretty good job on the targeting. And and it was, there was probably tweaks and stuff I could have run to the campaign. But when you're, when you're testing paid traffic and you don't, you want to make sure the offer is just dialed. And the whole time I was doing this, probably until I did the, the podcast offer, um, I just, something was always missing. Something fell off. But, so I spent $80, you guys, on ads, and I got five paid strategy sessions. So from 80 bucks, I made 500 From the 500 I made 10000 in coaching. And so it's like, holy moly, this stuff works, right? It, it's not that easily repeatable today, but... When you get that stuff dialed in, it, it does work. But really, it, it, what what came out of that, so I was getting a lot of people that kind of had a similar business to me that wanted some leverage. Uh, they were doing service work. So all of a sudden, next thing you know, I've got an outsourcing company. I had, because I had uh, a developer on retainer, and actually I had brought in a second developer to do some plugins. And so all of a sudden, I had two developers and a designer. And so all these people that had businesses needed wanted extra help also because that's where you get leverage when it's a service when you're in a service business you 
if you're doing all the work yourself all the time, you will never get ahead other than charging more. But there's not going to be a, a huge freedom, right, place in my experience. So the outsourcing company sort of, wow, took it off and took it off, took off. And it was like, this, this works. And it was never hugely profitable. <laughs> I'll tell you guys this because, you know, as, as you step into different things, obviously more expenses and more resources have to be devoted to that. So brought on more developers and designers, moved over to teamwork. I had a project manager. I started doing retainers, and, you know, Troy Dean was great and connected me with WP Elevation. So some people came in and started using the team. But, again, it wasn't something I ever really wanted to manage. And what happened was in it was last year, in 2016, I had a wall, and I was just freaking tired. You know, I started as, as I uh, – let me back up. Uh, was it – so when I was a mastermind, and that was between really yeah 2013 and 2016, I was in there. Had some amazing adventures connected with people. Um, but when something doesn't feel right, it, it takes a lot of strength and courage to say, "Huh, this doesn't this doesn't do it for me, right?" And you know, meaning, and I'll, we'll talk about the high ticket stuff in a little bit. But it was just there was a reason it didn't work the way I kept hoping it would work because in, in my gut it was like that's eh, not really me right but last year I just decided I need to simplify like everything you guys have been with me on this journey I sold my house I have gotten rid of I have no no employees no contractors on a full time on retainers at all I still have a developer and designer um, I started emailing daily which again I almost say daily but the emailing has just been a game changer. I, I've got Ben Settle coming on the show uh, probably next week, actually, that interview, or two weeks maybe, excuse me, and I, I say that to him all the time. It's, it has shown me what, what can come from this simple act of consistency of doing something. They, the emails get better. I'm getting more traffic. It's the more I do it, the more comfortable I feel putting myself out there more and more. And I know I don't come across only as very shy and not wanting to put myself out there, but there's a difference between putting yourself out there and then marketing yourself, right? And so it's a matter of making sure, you know, it was funny. I had a conversation with, um, what's that, Mel, if you're listening to this, recently, and she's like, what content strategy class? <laughs> I was to tell you, right, that there's there's a, we can't assume that just because you've emailed or, or shared or marketed something X amount of times, everybody's been getting the opportunity. So six to one. Um, but the emailing, when that, that really started shifting for me when I started doing that end of late last summer, of 2016, and I decided, you know, I, I've got to shut the outsourcing down, and this happened last fall, going into the end of the year, and that I just, I couldn't do websites anymore. I knew that there was, you know, not not being the person to really be able to go in and say, oh, this, this code is just, it's great. It's clean. Um, things may look and function the way they're supposed to, but at the end of the day, it's like, I don't, I don't want to go and test other people's websites. I want to work on my own. I don't want to go and install a bunch of plugins on someone else's website. I'd rather make a post about a plugin that I can put on my site for content, right? So it's just it's like that's not serving anybody. And for, you know, I, I, I would never bail on anybody, guys. And, you know, like I've got literally down to finalizing my last site uh, this week. It's going live. And he's like, oh, I saw one of your emails. No more websites. <laughs> is that because of me? I was like, no, no, no. This is... This has been a long time coming. You guys were with me when I had a client from hell last year, fired her twice. Um, it's just, it 
it's just time. Uh, so I decided that was it, right? Towards the end of the year, um, I had been doing affiliate marketing, on, like not not. A, I wouldn't say I do anything aggressively, but I would say um, I've been much more consistent with it. And for the most part, my strategy will always be tools and resources and things that I use that I can create content around that I can share and show tricks with and stuff, right? So, but again, you need that time. You need that time space in your life to create that content. Um, now, part of my strategy is going back to optimize a lot of the content I have and, and drilling down and making sure are there enough content upgrades and stuff. So, Again, it kind of comes back, uh, I know, beating a dead horse with this, but to fundamentals and the basics, right? Making sure that your foundation, your site is set. And I've got a quick little story for you guys on that too. Um, lead surveys is born. That is coming, you know, it should be within two months, but I'm not going to get a date because I'm not the one uh, doing the programming. Um, but I am honestly enjoying my business more than I ever have. Ever, ever, ever. Oh, you know, it's funny. Let me scroll back up in here. I'm thinking about this. I need to add this to the post. 2010, I produced a movie where I went and interviewed uh, 14 other women, um, a lot of names that, that people would know in this space, and it was hellacious, to say the least. I spent a ton of time and money on it. My The movie guys bailed on me a week before filming. I had to become a producer. It was crazy. But... but you know, I like the idea of the story, of telling the story and telling it from, because this space, you know, there's a lot of men in this space, and there's a lot of awesome women, too. But I wanted the stories told from the women, um, and which is why I did it, but I pushed it instead of letting it evolve and, and be something different. And, you know, I didn't know any different at the time. Um, I don't know that I've ever taken a project like that again, but so throw that in the mix, too. So... You know, long story short, you guys, I have come back to the fundamentals of what I really wanted to do in the first place, which was, you know, teaching and training and recurring revenue and passive income and doing it in a way that totally works for me, is in integrity and, and with how I want to live my life, the type of people I want to connect with, all that stuff. So on one hand, you might be thinking, well, it's easier for you to do that now, you know, because you have an audience, you have all that Absolutely, and it's easier, you know, even for me just five years ago. I have I have a different confidence um, in what I'm doing, and I have an audience, and I just, I know a lot more. I'm not weighed down by the challenges of making technology work, and I get that. And, and because the thing is, even if I can't do it, I probably know somebody who can, whether it's my developer, a friend, you know, um, there's enough resources that, Technology failures don't throw me for a loop at all anymore. Um, so, so I get that. But I'll tell you, you know, had I stayed the course of doing what I knew I was supposed to be doing, meaning uh, not getting sidetracked by shiny things, uh, who knows? Who knows where my business would be today? And it's not a judgment, but I'm simply reminding you of the role you play in getting you where you want to go. So, you know, if you're uh, two little things that came up this week, and I'm just going to try and share them quickly. This might be a long show. Um, but a friend that we're talking about, uh, ClickFunnels had their Funnel Hacking Live event, and, you know, I, I shared this in an email, and she had a great point. She said, you know, this is both inspiring and depressing, watching all these updates from, from Funnel Hacking Live. And I went to the first ClickFunnels conference in May of 2015, and had tickets for last year. And I just was like, I didn't want to go. I guess I should have pulled my ticket. But did that tell you how tired I was? Um, it was, uh, you know, and she's saying that, I said, you know what? I waffle 
on tools a lot, right? Like ClickFunnels, I get all that it's supposed to do and be in all of that stuff, but it, to me, there's no point in utilizing something that has upsells and downsells and all this stuff if I'm if I don't have an opt-in funnel dialed in that I'm communicating with my audience, right? So get that dial in, or you know, I think again, just opinions, but um, you know, if you have a ton of money to to spend at paid traffic and you're literally just paying for the traffic to go to a landing page or to an opt-in page and you're split testing headlines and upsells and downsells and stuff. That's totally different. That's not the model I built my business on. So I reminded her, I said, you know, there are so many people. I mean, this is a big world, guys, who are doing phenomenal things online in their own space and they don't even know what ClickFunnels is, right? So it's not the tool. It's not the tool. It's, It's what you're offering and how you feel about it. And are you willing to give it the time to grow and evolve? And you know, the other thing that was kind of funny is I, I I got an email from somebody I'd interviewed on the podcast, one of my first like 40 episodes, or I don't know, early episodes, and saying that he um, was doing cleaning up, was it cleaning up the search for his name? And the podcast interview I had done with him was coming up number two for his name. <laughs> And did I need that anymore? Could I take it down or could I change the SEO on it? And I didn't respond. Um, long story there. Then. But it, the point is, content matters, guys. And this is something that, you know, <laughs> my response, which I kind of drafted, but just I, I got busy and I was like, I'm just going to leave this alone. This is somebody that doesn't matter. doesn't matter. I'm going to leave it alone. But my point is, you know, content matters, guys. And first of all, yeah, I, I'm not sure why the person wanted it taken down because it was a very positive, fun interview that painted a good picture. Um, but, you know, don't do something today that you're not going to want out on the Internet, you know, in a few years. A little side note, but <laughs> the response should have been, I'm sure if you create quality content around your own name and optimize it, you'll be able to rank higher than, than my post. But <laughs> it's just the stuff matters. And the difference today, too, is... I'm way more confident in my abilities and how I want to run my business. I do not, you know, even in building lead surveys, you know, Gordon and I got very clear. I'm like, I don't ever want to end up in offices. I'm not, I'm not looking to be some, you know, badass startup with, I, I just, I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to do any of that. I think you, you know, we can keep this completely virtual. Um, it'd be fun to do like, you know, when we start bringing people on to connect in person, but other than that, meh. You know, and, and at the end of the day, guys, as much as I like having a nice income from my business, it is it totally, you know, afforded me some unique experiences. And more importantly, though, is the freedom to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Like, it has to be there, too. And it wasn't. I had created this business that had more overhead salaries than I had ever anticipated. And I felt like I was in a constant state of chasing something, right? Whether, and I don't mean chasing invoicing and stuff, because that's, you know, that's a pain in the ass in and of itself and take a credit card. But so it's this constant state of chasing, whether it was the big launch or the big lifestyle, the big high ticket offer, the big whatever the latest guru is preaching. It's like, oh, if I do this, then that. If this, then that. You know, this will be the course that I sell and I have this, you know, high five figure launch. This is the thing. Instead of, you know, what do I want? And letting something develop correctly and getting the feedback and validation while you're building it and making it, right? I mean, and let me just say, before before you start thinking I'm like anti the big lifestyle or however that may come across, um, I'm not. At the end of the day, I'm not anti anything 
except for the things that don't work for me. I'm anti, you know, this for me. I to each his own. I honestly could care less. You know, again, like the experience I had were amazing, but I'm I'm simply not driven by flashy stuff. The houses, the cars, the planes, the watches. None of it gets me excited. Don't get me wrong. I like nice things. But I am way more inspired by experiences, travel, and, and freedom to just do what I want to do, when I want to do it, and who I want to do it with, right? So <clears throat> from that perspective, you know, I, I just, I found myself feeling like I needed to keep up with a lot of that. And it was like, okay, wait, I need retargeting. I need campaigns. I need strategies. I need funnels. I need all of these things. But yet you can't. It's kind of like putting a coat of paint on a house that's falling apart inside, right? Help me, me. And I'm not saying my site is falling apart. But I didn't have, it's like, okay, how much traffic are you getting to the site? What are you getting, you know, if you've got traffic coming to the site, is it converting? How, how many people are choosing to opt in? Do you have enough landing pages out there? Are you communicating with the people who are opting in? I was not good about emailing for a very long time. And so, like I mentioned above, um, well, prior, I should say, above. This is what happens when you have show notes <laughs> written in front of you. Um, <clears throat> I, t- I stopped taking on service work, websites or podcasts. I have a couple clients I work with monthly for podcasting and social media, but that is it. Um, wrapping up the very last client website this week. Obviously, we'll have some adjustments and tweaks and stuff probably in the next week, week and a half. Um, but other than that, service work is done. And that doesn't mean coaching and I am doing that. I'm going to talk to you guys about this 90-minute coaching thing. That it's sort of a – I don't explain it. Hybrid? I, I need a better name for it. I don't know what I'm going to call it. But it's just a 90-minute one-off strategy session. Essentially, you fill out a form. You answer some questions. I do a little homework beforehand. You tell me what it is you want to get out of it. We do a 90-minute Skype session. We screen share, and I will visually map it out with you. Like, I use Clippy. That's what I love. But you'll walk away like, okay, this, this is my monetization model. And this is this, and this, you know, and I break it down. This is the content. This is how you can do this. So you get the recording, and then you get the map. And so that really works for me. I've done long-term coaching. This is the best way that I feel like I can serve people, because with that also, like a, a one-off, is you're able to go implement. And if you want to talk in, come back, you know. But you're not feeling like, oh my gosh, I've paid for all. The, and again, this is me telling you how my brain works. I'm not saying people think this with long-term coaching, but it's not this. I paid thousands of dollars for this and I need to get on this call and I didn't have time in between and, you know, it, it really is catered to what works for me and ideally what works for you. So my outsourcing will be completely wrapped up again in March. I guess I've closed it down and uh, have been, you know, uh, moving stuff out of there when I've been using teamwork. I've connected everyone directly with the team members they're working with um, and so teamwork will get shut down at the end of March. Like I said, I have a developer and my designer that I worked with uh, for years now. And the goal, though, is is to get my designer back on a retainer full-time with lead surveys because she's that good and I love her pieces. And my developer's great, too, but I don't see me needing to develop much, right? I don't make that many tweaks to my site that I, I, don't, I don't want to touch it for probably a year. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> but the goal is to get her back on a full-time retainer with lead surveys so that she can support us with the graphic work there. She didn't do the Fox, but has done the logo. She does, she's done uh, the post images and, you know, work ebooks and infographics and training and that kind of stuff because there's going to be a lot of documentation and education uh, once that app is up and running. And so in the meantime, though, they're both working for me on an hourly basis when I need them, and I'm letting them continue to use teamwork 
we'll get that moved off um, you know, at the end of the month also. But, you know, deciding to get rid of salaried help, holy moly, talk about a weight off my shoulders. It's been huge. And I get the whole team thing. I really do. But it really depends on what you want to do. I managed people from the time I was uh, 17, <laughs> you know, until my mid-30s. It's like, I don't want to do that anymore. I was always in management. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, but I do know, though, it's like, flip it. And we're going to need a team for lead stories at a certain point. Like, my designer works for us. Um, Gordon has developers with him. But, it, but really, there will come a point where we'll probably have to bring in more development. I won't be able to be the only content creator, someone managing social media. But our goal with that is to grow at a consistent rate, not the hockey stick growth you hear about with some fast companies, which if you, if you don't know if that is, because I didn't, <laughs> you just have to visually picture a hockey stick. Like it's going across and then it shoots straight up, right? So it's like nothing, nothing, nothing. Boom, takes off. Uh, so at this point, I'm loving. I am loving not needing to get anything to anyone, really other than my audio editor and, and Gordon. My time is totally mine. Again, time lottery winner. Um, so here's what my business looks like today. And I did put this, uh, again, these are bullet pointed, and you'll see them in the post. But <clears throat> So I've got the WordPress check. There are four ways that I'm driving monetization to the site. Courses, mini courses, and my signature course. And the mini courses I've got, How to Build Your Opt-in Funnel with Thrive. I'm doing one on Thrive Leads. I'm doing one on Content Upgrades. Those are between the like, $67 and $97 price. And then it is going to be a signature course, which is the content strategy. I went through the beta course uh, four weeks, and now I'm breaking it down. I'm going to run it again um, probably at the end of the month. So, you know, if you want a spot, I'm going to limit it again, you guys, until this is dialed. But it was very hands-on. I I did an initial one-on-one with everybody. Then we had live calls. And then I did a mapping strategy with each person, again, when we mapped out the content strategy. So, um, but that signature course, I expect to keep dialing and tweaking and then really pushing it in terms of maybe opening it a few times a year with some JVs, kind of the typical thing. Um, but with that, I would like to partner with some of the tools I use to see if I can get either discounts or something, you know, because there's some an SEO tool and a content tool. There's a few different things I use in there that I would love to be able to get some partnerships. Um, so that's the courses piece <clears throat> for WordPress. I mentioned the one-off coaching sessions. Those are 90 minutes. Um, and so I will probably have a new page. I mean, you can sign up to the coaching page now, but, um, or email me if you're interested. It's, you guys, it's pretty, it's casual. We hop on Skype, we screen share, but you're going to walk away with, with tangible strategies. Um, affiliate marketing, I'm going to continue creating content and teaching with affiliate products. And then last but not least is podcast sponsorship. I am hopefully working on a podcast sponsorship right now. And so if that, you know, I, I think that's, that's going to be a good thing. And if, that one it doesn't work out, then I'm going to go for another one. But there's no reason with the audience, the downloads, and, and the traffic I get, it just makes sense, right? And, I mean, a podcast sponsorship can easily replace service work income, right? So that's WordPress hit. And then the other one is lead service. And I'm doing content marketing there. So that's it, guys. WordPress hit and lead service. That's my business. And holy moly, how much simpler is that, right? I mean, I, I literally get giddy. When I look at my calendar for the week and I see huge blocks of time that are open, which means I get to create and market my business, which WordPress chicken makes service, right? Um, but what's fun is the crazy things and the opportunities and the magic that's coming from this. And yes, I use the word magic. I'm a Harry Potter girl, I'll tell you. But the things that are showing up in my life because of this, because I am letting things go that don't work for me, 
Um, I am entrusting. It's, it's, it's a little scary, but it's working. Sorry if you guys heard that. I keep snapping at my dog. She's growling through the crack of the blinds or something. But, but really, you know, it's the things that are showing up in my life because of letting go of all of these things that just felt like too much. Um, it's awesome, and I'm going to keep sharing with you. Okay, so where are we at on time? I have been uber chatty today. So let's roll down, um, and I want to talk about some of the, the newer tools. And some of these uh, might be a little redundant, but I want to talk about them. Uh, these are some of the tools that I am crazy excited about using. So obviously, Snappa. I did an interview with Chris Timmer of Snappa. I love Snappa for creating social sharing images in terms of, even if I do, it depends. The blog post image, like the featured image I put in my post is just that I don't do a text overlay on that um, because of how it gets pulled into the blog, like the archive page, right, but where it says blog and you can sell my post titles. Um, and it's cleaner to me and it looks redundant if I have the image with a text overlay underneath the title. But I use Snappa for the social sharing images. So I go in there and I love the fact that this, the resizing is super easy to use. So I'm using Snappa and I love it. And these are all listed in links. Some are affiliate links. Uh, some don't have affiliate links. Um, second one is Demio. This is a new webinar platform I'm loving. And there's still some getting used to. My content strategy students were awesome. We had a couple snafus with the email automation. It wasn't Demio. That was user error. <laughs> Me. But I love it. I, I really think there's some power with Demio. Um, and they're going to have, they've got hybrid webinars. And I don't know if they're calling the hybrid like live. They're not doing that, you know, fake live webinars. But basically, it's not fake, but, you know, on demand. Um, they're calling them like live. So that's coming. Web text tool. Holy mother of all that is good in the world. I love this tool. SEO keywords, content, content analyzing. And I've said, you guys, you can literally copy and paste your content into this thing. You can do keyword research in it. I got this through an AppSumo deal for life, and I love this thing. Uh, Gliffy, I've used this for a while, but again, I used, I, I went back to it during this content strategy course because I'm not a mind mapper. There's something that just doesn't work for me. I, I guess I think much more linear, but uh, the Gliffy works great, and there is uh, a Chrome extension. It's G-L-I-F-F-Y, you guys. Uh, so you, could, you can just Google Gliffy for Chrome or I've got a link in the site, and that's just an extension. You can download it. Um, and, again, it's for – you can kind of – I did this recently, too, when I was doing some planning last week into the WordPress stick, and so I want to add a new Start Here page. And so I did, like, a wireframe in there, too. There's a lot that you can do in there. Uh, Trent, T-R-I-N-T, Trent.com. I'm using this for my transcriptions now. Upload, edit, easy peasy, especially since I discovered the 2x speed. Uh, although you should hear me at 2x. I thought I talked quickly to begin with. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, AirStory is airstory.co. Uh, I have interviewed Lance from AirStory for the show. That is actually going to be airing live next week. That will be in a couple weeks. Um, holy moly, talk about, you know, organizing, content planning, organizing, and collecting, you know, what you need for for any sort of writing project, whatever. It's pretty awesome. I have not... I am totally going to confess and say I have not spent nearly the time I'd like to in there. But now that my time is freeing up, <laughs> um, I will be diving into that more. Power Pack for Beaver Builder. So if you guys follow Beaver Builder, I, there's a lot shifting, I will tell you, in this website space. And I hope anybody who builds websites for clients is already looking at some some different ways they can leverage their skills and knowledge because... These builders are game changers. Stuff. There's a lot really. There's a lot going on in this space. I'm not saying that 
please hear me. I'm not saying you can't be a web designer and that's going to go away. But I think a lot more people are going to be using these tools, especially since a lot of sites are cleaner and simpler than they used to be. Um, but PowerPack comes with over 40 modules and tons of page templates from Beaver Builder. I did interview uh, Puni from um, it, it's uh, PowerPack. It's w, uh, Beaver Add-ons. Excuse me, guys. I'm sorry. The plugin is called PowerPack, and the site is WP Beaver Add-ons. Super happy for them. Excited them. Beaver Themer, this just came out, and it's if you have to, you have to be a Beaver Builder customer to get the alpha release of this. Um, it takes building sites with Beaver Builders to a whole new level. So let me see if the best way I can explain this would be if you <clears throat> if you wanted to go in and create a unique page template for all your posts. So that's what the Beaver Themer does. So you could create something and then say, I want to assign this to all my podcast posts. And it'll go and it'll sign that file. Um, there, I'll, I'll link to the Beaver Themer video that they, the guys did. Um, Beaver Builder, I'm telling you guys, they Studio Press incorporated Beaver Light into their Studio Press sites. It's so fun to see these companies just booming. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this. WP Elevation is now partnered with GoDaddy. Also, there's some really cool stuff happening. So don't you know? You look at some of these things and you realize, wow, there's a lot of opportunity within WordPress for taking something that, that whether it becomes acquired, WP curve, um, you know, there's, there's all managed WP. You look at all these different things and solving a problem, there's going to be some good opportunities. I, I just think it's kind of wide open. But Beaver Themer is amazing. So if you're not a Beaver Builder customer, I would recommend it. I, it's just, it just keeps getting better. Uh, New Kajabi, again, this is where I'm storing my mini courses. Okay, that again didn't even make sense. But, New Kajabi is where I've got my courses, the content strategy courses in there. So, you know, I made the investment in New Kajabi um, December of 2016, 15, I lied, 2015. Um, and I paid for it for a year. The plan I have would be like, it's literally like $900 a month because I have 10 full sites. So I, it, it paid for itself last year and this year already. So that's not an issue, but it's, um, making the best use of that, and then incorporating, like, a shop page and all that stuff into the site. But New Kajabi, I do love it. And there are a handful of options for courses. So I'm just telling you, I part of it with New Kajabi, because I almost kicked it to the curb um, looking at other things. There's there's plenty of options. And the reason I went with New Kajabi is because I just did not want to dink around with a membership plugin and LMS and does it integrate with my email autoresponder and then a payment gateway? I just wanted an all-in-one. Simplify. And last but not least is Monster Insights. I have upgraded the, it was Google Analytics uh, by Yoast and Syed Dossi, WP Beginner bought it, right? He's got opted Monster 2. So it's a premium plugin, Monster Insights, but the dashboard is gorgeous. So I'll probably do a post on that coming up, but um, it, while, while I probably should be spending more time in uh, Google Analytics, I love being able to just grab stuff quickly, right, and take a peek at stuff in the dashboard. Um, so those are some tools that I am loving right now. We've got, you know, web apps and WordPress plugins in there. Um, I think I'm going to do sort of a, you know, I've done a, the top 10 tools I use to profit with WordPress, and that, as a lead magnet, did really well. Um, I think I'm going to do the 37 tools I used to run my business. I wrote that out a while ago. I mean, not the full thing, but I did a list, so... Um, I think that's going to be coming as well. I'm excited with the new Start Here page that I'm working on. Just things 
things are good. It feels like you guys, I literally am like, huh, what am I going to do today? <laughs> Not really. I mean, last week was, you know, I had, it was one of those heavy call weeks. Um, I had a class. I had a webinar. I've been doing these, I was doing these strategy sessions with um, the students and stuff. So, you know, I'm finding my way, but I'll tell you what, here's, here's, the, here's the best, here's me attempting to make a sentence, but <laughs> the best way to end this show was I had a call with uh, my mentor, ID therapist, and, you know, I talked to her about my business all the time, and she said, is this the most money you've made in your business? And I paused, and I said, it's the most profitable I've been. And she was like, huh, I wasn't expecting that. And I said I wasn't either, actually. When I thought about it, though, and I realized that it's the things that I'm doing that I enjoy the most that continue to work for me over and over and over again, because that's profit, right? That create it once and keep selling it piece. So profitability, things have gone up, expenses have gone down. So it's all good. It's all good. But, you know, simplifying you guys, get out of your head with stuff. And if you have to turn off the distractions and the noise, um, you know, it's with like with quick funnels. And you start seeing that. And it just seems like everybody is, is everybody making that work? At the same time, you know, ClickFunnels did this two comma club. I'm clearly promoting them right now, right? And that's not my intention. But And I don't have an account with ClickFunnels right now. I paused it. But the this two comma club of people getting the seven figures. ClickFunnels has well over 30,000 users now. I don't, I can't imagine they handed out more than 10 of those. And I'm not, please don't quote me on any of that. But remember, you know, they know how to market. The ClickFunnels company, they're great at marketing. They are constantly testing, seeking. They're a big company, you know. And the people that are are killing it with ClickFunnels, my friend Trey, you guys remember me interviewing him a couple years ago about T-shirts, and now he's doing eight figures. He's also got a call center with like 30 or 4 employees, and I have zero desire for that. So you get to decide what this looks like and what you want. And, you know, simplifying things, Holy moly, best thing I've ever done. So on that note, guys, that is it for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't, I would super-duper love a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show. And, oh, one little fun share. Sorry if that hurts your ears because that's how I roll. But (laughs) um, I was really excited. I got listed. The show got listed a few times in top WordPress podcasts, one of which was from WPMU. Dev, so that was pretty exciting. Things are good. And I love you guys tons. Again, leave a review on iTunes if you can. Anything else, holler, feel free to reach out. Um, and while I'm reworking the, you know, the coaching page and stuff, you can just get in touch and if you're interested in a one-off session. So that's it, guys. Have a great weekend. I will catch you next time.